BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Fancy restaurants can deliver a beautiful experience. Food, decor, service, ambiance. But if you're paying a lot of money in a gorgeous setting, you kind of expect the food to be fantastic. It's a different category of awesome when you find yourself out in the excerpts or at a random gas station or somewhere along a highway with a plate of food in your hands that you are sure is as good as anything you can get at any restaurant. And that's the kind of place that we'll be talking about today in this installment of All You Can Eat with KQED food editor Luke Sai, the unexpected gem in the unlikely spot. We'll talk about finds, and we'll want to hear from you, too. What's the spot even you can't quite believe that you found? That's all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. In this installment of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, we're talking about hidden food treasures. Those spots in a gas station or at the back of a liquor store where someone has just decided to put out amazing food. For example, in 2021, Christian Rabut bought a gas station along Interstate 205 in Tracy. Instead of just offering customers the usual gas station fare, he and his wife Marie added a Filipino-themed ice cream shop and bakery. And according to KQED food writer Alan Cesaro, it's a deliciously welcome surprise. Welcome to the show, Alan. Hey, good morning, Alexis. ¿Cómo estás? Yeah, good, good. So good to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. And Luke Sai, food editor at KQED, a devotee of the unexpected food treasure. Welcome back. Thanks so much for having me, Alexis. Um this is going to be a fun show, guys. Um, Alan, I want to start with this shop out in Tracy. It's called Ellis Creamery, right? Um, can you just tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about, like, how did this shop end up there in this exact spot? So in about 2020, during the pandemic, when a lot of folks were pivoting, um, Marie Raboot, uh, who was working full-time in healthcare, just started baking from home, as a lot of folks did. And it's something that reminded her of the Philippine Islands, where she and her husband Christian grew up. Uh, they immigrated here in about 2007. They'd just been working. And the pandemic just gave them an opportunity to revisit flavors uh, and ingredients that they missed. Um, so during this time, she had started selling some baked goods out of her home, as, as again, some, many people did. And around 2021, uh, the opportunity arose where they saw there was already a creamery inside of a gas station in this suburban town of Tracy that they live in. Mm-hmm. And they heard about it and they sort of just 
capitalized, I guess, on their passion in the moment. And they took Marie's baking and added it to Alice Creamery, which was pre-existing, but was sort of struggling. And they just sort of infused it with their Filipino love. And that's sort of how they came to be in that particular gas station. Yeah. How did you come across Alice Creamery? Um, so I work in food writing and culture writing in the Bay Area. So I'm always kind of, you know, ears to the ground. A lot of stuff is just word of mouth. So there's this plant shop that I like to support. Their name is Bamanas Plantas. They're oh, owned yeah. by a yeah, small Filipino owned um, plant shop. It's on Solano on Berkeley. And they do a lot of cool events around um, the Filipino diaspora, the Filipina diaspora. Uh, they had an ube festival last year um and one of the folks that they collaborated with was ellis creamery um i just happen to know the the shop owner because i i go there it's sort of close to my neighborhood i like to keep yeah. you know supporting those small businesses um and she had she knows that i do food writing and she's like hey uh, have you heard of this place that sells <laughs> you know pan de sal in a gas station in tracy and i'm like i definitely have not uh, so she told me about Ellis Creamery, and then I just hopped on Instagram, kind of looked them up, sent a few messages. Um, it took me a while to get out there because it is about, oh, two, over two hours or so driving from where I live in Contra Costa. Um, but again, word of mouth, like a lot of these places just exist off the fabric of the community, telling other people. Um, and, you know, being the son of an immigrant myself, I have a special place in my heart as a food writer <laughs> for immigrant-owned businesses. So I definitely... Uh, had it on my radar when she told me about it. Yeah, I mean, one interesting thing is when you show up at Ellis Creamery and you start to look around Tracy, mm-hmm. you you really it's part of this greater Bay Area story of kind of the the massive changes in the urban, suburban, exurban fabric of this place too, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I was kind of um, curious about their story because you're right; it wasn't just about the fact that they sell dessert very delicious dessert items um, inside of a gas station, which, which was also this quirky lair in Tracy. It was kind of like, how did you even get out there? You know, coming again from, from the Philippine islands where they were both born and raised and then sort of immigrating to the Bay area, which a lot of folks around the world do. They landed in San Jose. And again, just we're s- sort of doing the California hustle as a lot of folks do. Um, I was curious about that. And and they did, you know, we sort of went through their backstory, of course, and they ended up in Tracy because it was just significantly more affordable than living in San Jose, you know, the heart of the Silicon Valley in, in 2020, um, paying egregious rents. They're, they had a child on the way at the time when they moved to Tracy. So it was sort of, you're right, this bigger sort of economic story that was wrapped around mm-hmm. uh, their their food journey that I thought was just representative of what a lot of, again, particularly immigrants, working class people, you know, are constantly getting pushed out of cities like San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, you know, and surrounding areas constantly. Um, and a lot of them are family and friends to me. So I, that, their story really resonated. Yeah. Um, and they sort of were able to find their place in in an unlikely setting uh, in Tracy. Yeah. Okay. What's the very best thing that you ate there? Understanding they oh, make man. a lot of good things. What's <laughs> yeah. the very best That's thing? That you so ate? hard because they do. So they do a lot. They do baked goods. So they have like Silvanas, which I hadn't really known about prior to visiting them. Silvanas are these like miniature cake like cookies that are filled with merengue buttercream crushed pistachios on the outside they're super crunchy uh when you bite into it but then they just kind of like melt delicately on the soft inside so i really like that treat 
Um, they had the ensemadas, which are like these, what I call Filipino cupcakes. They're these sweet brioche buns uh, that are covered with like green tea frosting, dulce de leche, uh, Parmesan cheese, uh, all sorts of goodies. And you can kind of customize them. Ube, um, those are super good. But I think my favorite was, um, you know, from, from more from the ice cream side, even though the baked goods were delicious. Um, they do their own sort of homemade ube ice cream. Um, and ube is sort of like this Filipino yamish kind of uh, ingredient that that is beloved in, in the nation of the Philippines. Um, so they turn that into an ice cream and then they mash it with cookies and cream, which they also make from home with using like crushed Oreos and things like that. And then they, they serve that together. And I've never I've never had ube ice cream. Uh, but to have ube ice cream for the first time with cookies and cream as a mix was just <laughs> heavenly for sure. Like it's so creamy, sweet, yeah. uh, such a good balance. And um, Christian, who who's the husband in this operation, and he he sort of runs the ice cream side of th- side of things with his cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me that they they sort of started mixing ube with different flavors so that people like myself. Um, could sort of be introduced to this this very Filipino flavor, but in, in a familiar way, he said, right? Like, I know cookies and cream. Let's toss in a little ube and sort of serve that to people. And, and that was sort of his his philosophy, I guess, of, of sort of mixing flavors in, in ways that I've never seen as a food writer. Yeah, And ube, right, is kind of... Um... I guess you'd kind of say sweet potato-ish, like in terms mm-hmm. of flavor, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Which, again, is not something you would typically associate with ice cream, but um, yeah. it, it does have that sweet that sweetness to it. Um, Luke Sai, this is your stock and trade, I feel like. Like, this kind of restaurant, this is kind of like the dream. Um, so what is a place like this that you've discovered recently where you're just like, this, this uh, defines a certain kind of unusual restaurant experience. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I have always loved um, these type of places, you know, and I, I think that I think about, I think as the, the great uh, New Yorker food writer, uh, Calvin Trillin has this famous line about uh, how he, he somehow has like a genetic, um, you know, uh, like some sort of genetic predisposition where food somehow tastes better like he only has full use of his sense of taste if he's eating standing up, you know. <laughs> and I think uh, he wrote that sort of as a as a as a pan to uh, street food, right? Um, but we don't really have street food um, here in the Bay Area in the same way as some other countries have it, um, and really in the U.S. You know, like we have taco trucks, which are amazing, and that's probably the closest thing to it. But I think these type of businesses um, sort of scratch that same itch. You know, like you're in the back of a liquor store, you're in a gas station convenience store, Um, you order your food and it's hot and you can bring it home, I guess. Um, But chances are you're not going to do that. You're going to want to dig in. And so what do you sit on the hood of the car? You're sitting on the hood of the car. You're, um, you know, standing on on the curb. You know, you're just digging in where you're at. And somehow I think that just makes the food taste that much better. Um, So I. You know, there's a ton of examples I could give. I'll just, you know, think of what, like, there's sort of different categories, right? Um, but I think of, like, a place that I really love is um, this place called Punjabi Kitchen. Uh, it's in a strip mall in El Sobrante. 
Um, and in, you know, I think I had just recently moved to Richmond when I first uh, found this place and I was just sort of trying to find Indian food. Right. And so I just sort of Googled and I was like, oh, okay, there's this place, uh, Punjabi kitchen. It's in the strip mall, um, in El Sobrante. Let me drive out there. It's like t- 10 minutes away. Um, and I got there and I could not find this place. Like I drove around the parking lot literally like three times and I was like, Punjabi kitchen. This does not exist. And it turns out uh, the only outside sign uh, just says bottles. <laughs> that's that's the sign that's on the outside. And so you walk in and it is half, half of it is like a liquor store. Half of it is like an Indian grocery store. And so you're like, okay, this is kind of like, I, I get this vibe, right? Liquor store, Indian grocery store makes sense. Then you look sort of off in the corner and uh, they're selling saris, you know, and you can get fitted for a sari. So I'm like, okay, now there's like another layer uh, to this experience. Then you keep on going, kind of like you keep on going. There's just layer after layer. You walk to the back and it's basically like a sports bar where they're serving craft beer. The TV is always on. Um, It's not like Indian people hang out there. It's like the kind of old timers that hang out at sports bars, you know, (laughs) uh, drinking craft beer, you know, so there's always like a soccer game or basketball game or something on. Um, so you're like, okay. Um, then, you know, as it turns out, you po- dig a little deeper and you find out that they're also running a crispy, cr- crunchy fried chicken uh, chain, which uh, is a whole other story. Like there are many people who swear uh, that crispy, crunchy fried chicken is the best uh, <laughs> fried chicken at gas stations specifically that you could find in the Bay. Um, and then on top of that, uh, they serve some of the best Indian food that I found in Contra Costa County. So it's just like, I think on the one, on the one hand it's delicious food, but it also just spoke to me so much in terms of like immigrant <laughs> ingenuity, you know, just like, the let's not world. Let's yeah. not worry about the aesthetics and whether it makes sense to put all these things together. Like, why not? We have the space. Like, why not run these six different businesses out of this one space? <laughs> um, so that was one that I really That's loved. Amazing. Yeah. We're talking about amazing food in unlikely places with Luke Sai, food editor at KQED, Alan Cesaro, food reporter at KQED, also a poet and educator. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more Forum right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking about amazing food in unlikely places with Alan Cesaro, food reporter with KQED, also a poet and educator, as well as Luke Sai, food editor of KQED. This is another one of our wonderful segments that I love. All you can eat with Luke Sai about the Bay Area's food cultures. 
We want to hear from you. Here's your call out. Here's the assignment. What are some unlikely places where you found exceptional food? So we're not talking about like Taco Sinaloa in the fruit vale. <laughs> you know, like that is an expected place to find amazingly good tacos. We're talking about gas stations off the highway, just things you wouldn't expect, um, like Punjabi Kitchen that Luke was describing before the break. Um, the number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. If you opened, if you've opened a food business like this in an unusual locale, we'd love to hear that story too, and you can give us a call. Again, number 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's KQED Forum, and the email is forum at kqed.org. Uh, Noel tweets... For travelers going to Mono Lake slash Yosemite Tioga Pass, check out Woe Nelly Deli in Tioga Gas Mart in Lee Vining. Great food in an unusual place. And actually, uh, Luke and Alan, I wish I'd had that tip because when uh, my wife and I were driving to get married, we broke down in Lee Vining and did not have a very good meal there. So um, this is one of the reasons why it's good to have this list on your phone in your back pocket so that if you ever break down in Lee Vining, you know exactly uh, where to go. Um, so, uh, Luke, I want to talk about categories of unexpected. So one is the sort of gas station convenience store with like a legendary shop in the back. But the other is, you know, there's a mall in the suburbs or the exurbs, and it's got a bunch of chains. It's kind of blooming onion territory, right? Yeah. But then there's one spot that's amazing. Um, and I'll call out uh, one um, that I know, which is Dumpling Hours in the Brentwood Mall out in out in Brentwood, and it was just you know on the Mercury News's you know top twenty restaurants. And if you go out there, you know there's like an AMC and there's a, a bunch of different chain restaurants, and then there's just this absolutely fantastic dumpling shop. Um, are there other categories you think, or are those kind of like the main two buckets? Uh- yeah, I think those are two big buckets. Um, I think there's another category that I think of, which are basically restaurants that are located uh, smack in the middle of residential neighborhoods. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I think obviously they're like home restaurants, right, where someone's just selling out of their driveway um, or you know out of their garage or something like that. But I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about like actually a bona fide restaurant. But everything else on the block or even like the three blocks around it is just like someone's house. You know, so I think the best example of that in Oakland is not even one restaurant. It's literally like everybody knows that all of the best Lao restaurants in Oakland are located in residential neighborhoods in East Oakland, right? Including my favorite, uh, which is Vincian uh, Cafe, uh, best Lao restaurant, I think, in the Bay Area. And it's literally like in the Allendale, like it's just houses, you know, and then just just this one restaurant like plop in the middle of the neighborhood. And I think there is something so charming about that to me. You know, I think like my favorite Burmese restaurant, which has since closed, was called Grocery Cafe and was the same sort of deal. It was like this kind of ramshackle little restaurant. Um, that was plop in the middle of a of a, a residential neighborhood in East Oakland, um, and it was decorated in such a like a you know with these like knickknacks um, and just in such an eccentric you know but personal mm. sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I think like we use that word like authenticity 
a lot, um, which is kind of this loaded word, you know, if you're talking about food. But I think like people are looking for a certain sort of authenticity of experience, you know, and something that maybe feels a little bit less corporate and a little bit less generic. And I think a lot of times these types of restaurants really embody that kind of experience, you know, and sometimes a lot of times these places end up moving on, you know, because I think one of the things we didn't really talk about is like most restaurateurs will not choose willingly to be in these kind of spaces. You know, it's not like, oh, I always want to open a convenience store restaurant. It's like they open there because it's cheaper, right? Like that's a way for them to get their foot in the door, but it's not like their lifelong dream to be in the back of a liquor store. You know, sometimes they embrace it. Um, but it's like economics, right? But sometimes mm-hmm. you see these places, they move on and they sort of go legit and they have like a regular brick and mortar. Um, and and I wish them the best. You know, I'm super yeah. happy for them when that happens. But I have to admit, sometimes you go there and you feel like there has been something a little bit lost um, mm-hmm. in that transition. Um, let's start bringing in some callers. People have thoughts. Uh, Nick in San Jose, welcome. Hey, howdy. So I've got two, so I'll try to make it fast. Um, the first one I, I thought of was there's a breakfast pop-up called Hash and Dash. And the first place I ever had that was at Academic Coffee in downtown San Jose. I think it's on 2nd Street. Um, and then the second one, or that, that Hash and Dash does like crazy good, basically just like big McMuffins on steroids. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, yeah. And then um, I live in Little Portugal which is off of like Allen Rock and there's a liquor store called trade, right? And in the back is like uh, Portuguese, like bacalao, like uh, food stall. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. Those oh. are both great. Oh yeah. man. That's a, that's a hot tip on Portuguese bacalao at trade, right? That's what you said in, in little Portugal down in San Jose. Thank you so much, Nick. Um, had you heard of that one, Luke? Or Alan? No, I'm writing it down right now also. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally taking notes. Thank you, caller. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We also, uh, we're going to try and save these two, and we'll, we'll put them out for callers so that, uh, so that uh, and, and all listeners so that people can have a, a cool list. Um, let's go uh, to Bayan in Oakland. Welcome. Hi. Um, hey, welcome. Well, speaking of liquor stores, uh, there's, there's a barbecue restaurant inside of a liquor store on 98th and Eads in East Oakland. Um, it's called Champion Smokehouse, and there's a market in there. And, and the, the brisket's amazing, and so are the ribs. that They're actually smoked, and anytime I'm in that neighborhood, I, I jump over there. Oh, uh, so I, I suggest everyone do that. <laughs> um, and also, there's a salad place. That's, it's a pop-up. Like I think you can only order it online, like through Grubhub or something. But it's also in East Oakland, and um, the salads are huge. Uh, they're just they're enormous portions. Uh, and I spoke with the owner about it, and he said that he, he, just, he tried to order a salad one day uh, during the pandemic and could not find a, a great salad to get delivered. Um, and, and that place is called the Salad Bowl, and he's really put his heart into making salads. And, and they're consistently huge and, and, um, and delicious. That's great. The Salad Bowl and Champion Smokehouse, both in uh, East Oakland. Thanks so much, Tobin. Um We're going to bring in uh, another guest here. Susanna Guerrero uh, is a food reporter with SF Gate. Welcome, Susanna. Hi, thanks for having me. So you wrote a story which got a, a ton of readers, 
and it was about uh, an empanada restaurant attached to a gas station. What, why did people get, you think, so excited about this particular story and this particular uh, restaurant? Yeah, definitely. So uh, Venoma uh, is a an Argentinian restaurant that specializes in empanadas. They also sell canastitas, which is an open face empanada. And it's in Roner Park. It's connected to a Shell gas station. And I think people were interested in this story because it's such a unique concept, right? So in Roner Park, the area where this restaurant's located, there's quite a few fast food restaurant chains. You have an In-N-Out and a Chick-fil-A, and then you have this restaurant that sells a very unique product, and it's gourmet. And I think that's what sort of attracted uh, readers and um, to this restaurant specifically. Well, and it also, right, was on the very top of Yelp's list of 100 most popular <laughs> restaurants. So I can't remember exactly what their rubric precisely was, this Yelp list, but it was at the very top, right? That's right. Yeah, they ranked number one out of 100 Bay Area restaurants. Wow, that's interesting. Um, Luke, what did you think of that list? I was just curious, like, I, I actually been meaning to ask you this, if, like, if you feel like the Yelp list is, uh, well, just what do you think? Um, you know, I think like a lot of food food writers um, or just people in general, I have a sort of love hate relationship with with Yelp. You know, uh, with with sort of the ethics of how um, you know uh, like some of their systems work and and sort of like w- what reviews get highlighted and what mm-hmm. don't. Um, so I have mixed feelings about Yelp, but I do think it is a useful tool. You know, and I think particularly for finding places like this, it can be very useful because I think what you find is that for places like this, like the the genre of restaurant that we're talking about, what you'll find is that these places on Yelp will have like a very low number of very, very, very enthusiastic reviews, <laughs> you know? So, so it's not like you're not going to have like 20,000 people writing reviews of this like gas station yeah. barbecue or whatever, but you'll have like 30 people who are like, this is the best thing that I've ever found in my life. And so if you sort of sort through it in that way and kind of use that sort of lens, you can a lot of times find some pretty unique things because the thing about it is like if it exists, you'll probably be able to find it on Yelp. Like someone will have posted a review somewhere. Yeah. Susanna, are there other places for you that fit the description that that we're talking about here of the kind of, of the gem in an unusual location? Sure. And I apologize. I jumped in a little bit late. So if this restaurant was already mentioned, then my apologies. But something that also came to mind, and this restaurant's a little bit more mainstream, but I I thought of Dad's Luncheonette in Half Moon Bay. It's located in a historical train caboose. And I think that is quite unique in the Bay Area. So and it's also very special. So that's that stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much. I mean, is there anything people should know about going to Venoma before we before we let you go? Sure. Um, so it's it's a great product. Uh, the owner has been making these empanadas for about 20 years or so, and they are great because they're he makes them. They're small and you can have multiple in a few bites. You can move on. He makes traditional. He makes non-traditional options. I highly recommend the plum and bacon canastita. That was my absolute favorite. And yeah, I just I think it's a great restaurant to go to especially if you're on your way to to sonoma county to to wine country rather and it's just great it's it's convenient and it's a perfect product to to take to go 
That's great. Thank you uh, so much. Susanna Guerrero with uh, SFGate Food Reporter. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Um, let's go back to the phone, y'all. We've got uh, Abby in San Francisco. Welcome, Abby. Hello. Thank you uh, for having me. Um, the one I wanted to call about was I was uh, driving back from SFO to the city, and I had to get some gas, and I stopped by. I found this place called the Hangry Planet. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's the first pla- uh, plant-based, all-vegan, like, Easy Mart in North America. Um, and you can also get, like, gas there. But it's basically like a 7-Eleven, but everything is vegan. And they have, like, donuts, pastries, um, ice cream, jerky snacks. Like, everything in there is completely vegan, and I just thought it was very California and very interesting and just kind of a hidden gem. Oh, that's great. Uh, Ernest, by the way, one of our listeners, also wanted to tweet that place out um, to cross from the Tanforan Mall. Um, thanks so much, Abby. Appreciate that. Um, Luke, Sarah, uh, one of our listeners, has a, a a genre that I'd like to challenge you with here. Uh, Alan, you too. <laughs> Sarah tweets, genre hardware store food. (laughs) Uh, She says, I've eaten great hot dogs waiting for paint at Friedman's in Sonoma. It's a hot dog stand inside. And other hardware stores around the country. Also, Clemente's inside Val's Liquor Store in the city of Napa. Amazing Italian takeout. So, Alan and Luke, the genre is hardware store food. Is there anything that stands out for you? I can't say that anything (laughs) pops into my mind that I've had, but it makes sense. I mean, I'm thinking more of like Costco, which I know is in a hardware store, but you get these places where just flocks of people are going, right? And workers and sort of like we're saying, immigrants, working class folks are going to be hungry. So, um, you know, it's a smart business model. I I, I did want to say real quick that uh, I've been thinking about why this is so predominant in the Bay Area. You know, I've lived in a lot of places and it's not always common to find these food spots in unexpected places but the great barrier philosopher too short once said you got to get in where you fit in and i feel like selling hot dogs at a hardware store is literally getting in where you fitting it fit in and and that's the perfect place for it so i'm i'm all about that yeah. what do you think luke yeah i think um you know there there's the um there's the home depot uh in el cerrito uh that has a that has a talk a taco stand um, outside of it, and I have to admit, I, I have always eyed it, and I have not tried it yet. So this might inspire me to actually try it. But I think in this like genre of just like really strange <laughs> places uh, to find food, uh, I'll just shout out another that I have on my list, which is Aloha Pure Water and Shaved Ice. And so it's huh. again, in, it's in this strip mall in San Pablo, right? Um, it's it sells. So you go for shaved ice, so you're always going on the hottest day, you know, like in September or something. And uh, there's not really that much indication uh, when you go to the store that it's doing shaved ice. You know, in fact, uh, they are primarily interested in selling you this like highly purified water. (laughs) So you walk into the store and that's all you see. It's like people refilling like tanks of water. Um, talking about like the merits of installing this like water system into your house or into your business or whatever. Um, And then almost as an afterthought, uh, they sell like the best like Hawaiian style shave ice that I found in this part of the East Bay. Right. But uh, what is so charming about it is that they make zero effort (laughs) to like really promote this aspect of it. Um, You can hardly get anyone to answer the phone. 
Um, they never, um, like, there's no place to sit. Like, there's no place to, you know, so it's, like, always the hottest day of the year. You get this, like, beautiful, gorgeous, colorful shave ice, and you're just sitting, like, on the hot pavement, like, outside. <laughs> and somehow that just makes it even more memorable and more enjoyable. So I think, like, one thing I would note is if you're going to this type of place, too, like, I would try to call ahead like these places are notoriously like unstable in terms of their hours they might close suddenly they might like go on vacation for three weeks uh they might not have like social media that they update you know so before you make like the three hour trek (laughs) to like tracy or whatever you know i would just like trying to save our listeners some pain (laughs) like make sure ahead of time that the place is going to be open before you go yes course um we have uh, some good uh comments coming in here as well um jay tweets the redwood keg and deli is a little liquor store located about 30 minutes northwest of santa cruz in boulder creek and jay maintains they have some of the best tried tip sandwiches you'll ever eat they even bottle their own marinade which alone is worth the trip and melody tweets Delish Persian food in my neighborhood in Oakland off Piedmont Ave in a gas station. I'm trying to think of what that one might be, um, but I, I cannot. Um, Luke, uh, really, really quickly, um, Mary writes, pop-up or other unofficial restaurant takeout places may be exciting, but how do we ensure food safety for consumers if the food, like, do you ever worry about that stuff or, or do you just sort of like trust that these people are all following the regulations no matter where they are? <laughs> that I, I might be the wrong person to answer that question. You know, like I, I've i just sort of always been a person to ca- sort of throw caution into the wind and uh, deal with the repercussions if, if they may come afterwards. Um, but I think, you know, they're a business like any other business. And if it's popular enough, if there's like a lot of people going to it, there's a lot of foot traffic, like people are going back, obviously, um, then obviously they're not going to be trying to get people sick, yeah, you know. Absolutely. We are talking about amazing food in unlikely places. For this segment of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, we're also joined by KQED food reporter Alan Cesaro. And earlier this segment, we were joined by Susanna Guerrero. We'd love to hear from you. What are some unlikely places where you've found exceptional food? The number's 866-733 or 6786. Or have you opened a food business like this? The number's 866-733-6786. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. 
We are here with Luke Sai and Alan Cesaro for our regular installment of All You Can Eat, our regular segment about Bay Area food cultures. And we're going to go back to the phones. Let's hear from Kira in Panola. Welcome. Hi. Yeah, um, I have two. Actually, one is Davy Jones Deli in Sausalito, and it's in, um, I guess it's like a, a convenient liquor store slash bait shop. <laughs> and it has, they like, they bake their own brisket. They bake their own turkey. They bake their own um, pork shoulder. And so whatever you're getting is like, if you're getting a turkey sandwich, it's like real turkey and everything is delicious. They have an amazing vegan um, menu where all of their their hummus and even their mustard and pickle, everything's made there davy jones himself is a superstar he is awesome and i don't know if he still does but he used to like ride his bike around to deliver um and then also i came upon this place that you would literally drive by i did a million times um but i live four minutes from it and it's called butter pecan cookies in panole the cookies are in they're insane they're insane and it's just like a family ran like shop so Definitely both of those are my my shout outs and I need to like never go back to the cookie place, but I will because it's craveable. <laughs> so, That's so good. So um, thank you so much. You know, um, Alan, I wanted you to talk about one that I know is close to your heart, which is how the hot dog guy at the Oakland Coliseum. I mean, we because this is a really interesting category because, of course, we expect hot dogs at the Coliseum. So what is unexpected about how the hot dog guy? Thank you for bringing that up. Lifelong Ace fan here. Go Ace, even though we're not in it, you know, and it's October. But um, yeah, so I grew up going to the Coliseum and the Coliseum has a certain reputation within the baseball community as being literally ranked the worst or second worst stadium in all 30 plus teams that exist. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have a reputation of being a culinary gem, um, especially this season. <laughs> There's just a lot to be desired there. Um, but how is a, is a, you know, he, he's actually phd student at cal so he sort of does hot dog vending at, at the coliseum as, as a sort of a side thing slash performance and art yeah slash, oh my god he, he's sort of become a team mascot the fans love him he's one of the few things in such a horrible season worst record in mlb like worst stadium worst everything so when you get a guy like how who's serving hot dogs with enthusiasm flair color he, he makes his own baseball cards he created a fake ketchup bottle that has a red string inside that he pretends to squirt it at fans from like other teams and like just a little gag. Uh, but of course, he's mainly known for carrying around, I believe it's 50 pounds worth of a hot dog, hot dogs inside of a steamer that he's customized so that there's like the right steam, the right amount of water. Um, he brings his own condiments that aren't even served at the Coliseum, like capers, jalapeno mustard he buys his own jars of sauerkraut and then he this guy it's kind of crazy he stuffs them into his backpack on on his bart bart ride over to the coliseum <laughs> and if you've ever seen him in the world he's just like trouncing around with like so many items and he he provides them to the coliseum because the coliseum is a coliseum and they don't have really fancy things so he just really goes above and beyond um and he has like little secret um items on his menu that if you ask him to like you know, put, put the good stuff kind of thing. He'll like whip out all, he has four different kinds of mustards alone. Right. So <laughs> I think within the context of the Coliseum being what it is and the A's being the franchise that they've become of really just kind of like robbing the fans of a lot of things. 
he's almost like like the robin hood of food in this like really bereft space right um so i don't know shout out Hal. he's a good dude you know but part yeah part of this is just like somebody out there just deciding to be really excellent at making food Mm -hmm. just like saying like no matter where i am i am going to i'm not mailing it in i'm not just kind of going by the book i am going to make i am the giro of (laughs) hot dogs at the coliseum you know (laughs) Um, and Luke, I mean, I think that is part of the fun. It's almost like it, it is um, just the, it's this everyday excellence of people out in the world just committing to making beautiful things. I think that's what this is really about. Totally. And I'll, I'll use this opportunity to shout out another example that I love of this genre, which is this place called Warehouse Cafe mm-hmm. in Port Costa. Um, and so it's just this magical place. Like, I don't know how many of you listeners have uh, been to Port yeah. Costa, but you you make the drive out there. You sort of go on this, like, endlessly winding road, you know, that's like, where, you know, where am I? Did I make a wrong turn? And after, like, 15, 20 minutes of this, you end up, if you if there, if you go at night, it almost feels like you've arrived in, like, a literal ghost town. Like, I mean, like, a town populated by ghosts. Because it's just, like... It's just like all empty and there's just this one street that's lit up, you know, at nighttime with like string lights um, and all the shops are like these old timey shops, you know, and there's like the one hotel that I, I guess during gold rush days was known to be like a house of prostitution or something. And then uh, and then the warehouse cafe is this uh, biker bar, right? That's what it's known as primarily because like that winding road, like people who ride motorcycles love <laughs> to go up that winding road. And so this particular bar is a pit stop. Um, for people who are like in the middle of their motorcycle ride. So it's all these like rugged guys in motorcycles who hang out there, guys and gals, you know. And then um, you have this bar that normally just serves like burgers, hot dogs, whatever, like things that you expect. But speaking of like unexpected excellence, uh, the, the the woman who runs this bar, um, who's this like Eastern European immigrant, uh, just decided, like, just because, like, on Fridays and Saturdays, she's going to do, like, a full prime rib dinner. And it's, like, 20 bucks, 20 bucks cash um, for, like, one of the most delicious prime rib dinners that you can buy in the Bay Area. Like, it's not House of Prime Rib, but also you don't have to make a reservation two months in advance and you're not paying, like, 80 bucks, you know? Um and so you go there on a Friday, Saturday night, you're sitting like in this like dive bar, basically, or you're sitting like outside in this courtyard, um, facing the water, like in this beautiful spot. Um, and you're eating a gorgeous prime rib with all the works, you know, fully loaded baked potato um, on a paper plate, you know, that you've paid $20 for um, is just perfection like for me that's like the dream that's that was literally the first meal that i had outside of my home like uh after the pandemic started when we finally decided to go out again <laughs> that was the first meal that we had <laughs> that's so good i i also have a lot of extremely warm feelings about port costa because i i finished a draft of a book at the burlington hotel which is across the street from the warehouse cafe and there's a there's a uh, also a kind of fancy restaurant out there called Bull Valley Roadhouse. It's the other place in town, uh, and couldn't get in there. Went to the warehouse cafe and had this incredible meal that you're describing. So so good. Uh, let's uh, let's go back to a, a couple more phones. We've got uh, Jeff in Oakland. Welcome. Hey there. Uh, thanks for having me. I have this 
Lace, I've been, like, traveling to Santa Cruz, like, twice a week for work. And um, I'm always out, like, looking for a sandwich, a good sandwich. And I stopped at this place called Garden Liquor, and I ordered a meatball sandwich from them. And obviously, if anyone's ever eaten a meatball sandwich, you know it's a task. You have to, like, sit down. You're not going to be, like, eating that thing. <laughs> like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But what they do there is they take a baguette and they hollow it out and they, like, put everything in it. And there's no, like, sides. Like, <laughs> uh, they don't slice it horizontally. And it's the greatest sandwich on planet earth i can't like recommend it enough <laughs> that really, is the exact really, experience really we're talking about walk into a liquor store and have the great best sandwich on planet earth um yeah i mean it's like the, the fact that they just like don't uh slice it horizontally and they just stuff the meatballs into it and you're just <laughs> no, it's not messy at all it's it's, it's incredible I love it. It's almost like they've they've invented a new kind of calzone or something. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, Jeff, thank you so much. Um, Luke, do you want to add anything about uh, meatball sandwiches? Ever? I, I haven't heard of that place. I I have not, but once again, I'm <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm writing it down on my list. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Uh, let's go to uh, Mindy in Marin. Hey, Alexis. Thanks for taking my call. I've got two places for you. The first is La Q Marin. It's a little taco cart in Green Bay uh, between uh, Trader Joe's and a vitamin shop. They've got great, cheesy, crispy tacos and calzados with all different kinds of meat. Just so flavorful. Opened in the pandemic, I think, in 2021. Mm. And the second place is a little bakery in Terra Linda, kind of tucked back where... um, the Three Twins ice cream shop originally opened. It's called Biscuits and Buns, and it's it's a like dairy free, gluten free, all the stuff that I typically want to eat. But um, it's just so incredibly delicious and flavorful. And she does all sorts of seasonal items. Wow, so that sounds great. Well, thank they you for both, those. And they both tips. have Instagram, yeah. so definitely check their pages for their hours because they're odd hours. Yes. <laughs> As as Luke has noted, yeah, that's part of the fun. Part of the fun. Um, exactly. <laughs> thank you, Mindy. Appreciate that. Um, Dennis uh, writes in to say, "There's a place called Roy's Chicago Doggery that is at a cattle and livestock auction facility in Petaluma. Really good Chicago style hot dogs." Uh, Luke, uh, not Luke's eye, different Luke writes, Wally's Cafe behind the Bank Club Bar in Emeryville. A great falafel place and the lentil soup is the best I've ever had. Um, This is an interesting one, too. Matt writes, go to the San Francisco Federal Building at 97th Street for the Passport Agency Cafeteria. You'll see so many federal workers eating the soup for next to nothing prices. Um, let's uh, go through to uh, Scotty in San Francisco. Yes, hi. This hey, is Scotty. Scotty. I was I was born and raised here in San Francisco, and I've probably had tacos in every single taco truck and place around. And uh, the best taco I've ever had is at Chico's Market in San Pablo. It's on Market Street. And uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 5 to 11, uh, Immigrant Family opens up this, uh, you know, just uh, in the parking lot. They cook on the grill. 
They have the El Pastor. They have chicken, and they have um, carne asada, and they only sell tacos or quesadillas. And I'm telling you, if you go there, you will have the best taco ever. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Scotty. I appreciate that. Also, man, San Pablo, the, the kind of Northeast Bay is getting like a lot of love uh, here on the show. And we will let's continue that with uh, Alan. You want to talk a little bit about Barbacoa Mejia? Definitely. Shout out San Pablo. I actually live in San Pablo. You know, my, my grandma-in-law was born and raised here. So Richmond, San Pablo definitely has a, a strong immigrant enclave. Um, Barbacoa Mejia is in the Richmond flea market, um, which is, you know, sort of in the North Richmond area. You drive past the, the glass repair shops, the stacks of used tires. There's just cars that have been stripped down. It's like semi-post-apocalyptic part of Richmond. And then you get to, to the Pulgas, the flea market. And inside of the flea market, uh, which is sort of past this giant parking lot, you have this little village of barbacoa, taco stands. And my personal favorite is barbacoa mejia. And barbacoa is like this slow roasted goat or lamb or chicken. It's really hard to find in the U.S. That's in a way that's done well. It's traditionally buried into the earth um, a day in advance, left overnight, simmers inside you know, the soil, and then it's pulled out at around 6 or 7 a.m. the next day. So it's super laborious. It's highly technical. Um, and the owner uh, of Mejia's, Omar, uh, his family is from Hidalgo, Mexico, which is known in mm -hmm. Mexico as being like the capital of Barbacoa. So he kind of took this generational family love, brought it to the Bay Area. He actually does his own pit style, um, sort of like highly specialized Barbacoa. Um, super tender, super juicy, um, very flavorful. He puts them, um, he, he uses like blue corn tortillas. Um, I don't know. I've lived in Mexico. My mom lives in Mexico currently. I've had a lot of tacos and it's pretty close to what you can find in Mexico in a way that you just can't get at a, at a taco, at a taco stand or even taqueria. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's in the Richmond flea markets on the weekends. Um, really delicious. Oh man, that sounds, I got to make the trek. That, that, that sounds worth it. Um, Luke, how about you? Will you want to do, uh, you know, one of your, your other favorite spots, last one? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I'll shout out, uh, Norma Meat and Deli, which again, this is one of those, uh, I guess, uh, uh, sort of standard, uh, not standard anyway, but standard for this episode, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but it's, it's, it's in back of the Valmart, um, uh, liquor store, convenience store in, in Richmond. Um, again, like you talk about Richmond, San Pablo, uh, for both Al and I, that's, that's our backyard, right? So like a lot of these places are in Richmond, San Pablo. Um, but it's, it's a convenience store and you go in the back and it's just this one woman operation, you know, and Norma, uh, she, she makes, uh, tacos and burritos, but, uh, she's Salvadoran. And so, uh, mainly what the place is known for is pupusas. Um, and she makes like she doesn't make like the sort of huge, um, like very overstuffed style that sometimes you get at places. But hers are like very compact. Um, and you just walk into the back and you just hear the sound of her like whack, 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 like the sound of her slapping uh, the pupusas by hand um, mm. in the back of the shop. Um, she makes those pupusas and she also makes uh, the Salvadoran style uh, tamales, which if listeners are familiar with, it's very different from the Mexican style that folks might be more familiar with, which is sort of like 
the like slightly denser, fluffier sort of style. Um, the Salvadoran style is like a very wet, you know, like jiggly um, sort of style. Um, has a lot more like liquid in it. Um, and so it's like so tender uh, when you cut into it. And then the meat inside is also cooked to like an amazing level of tenderness. Um, probably some of my favorite tamales uh, in the Bay Area. Um, again, ours, extremely uncertain, you know, pro- <laughs> prone uh, to being closed for like weeks uh, at a time. Uh, again, because it's just one lady in the back, mm-hmm. like who runs this whole thing by herself. So she needs to go on vacation. Um, anything comes up, especially during the pandemic, you know, you just don't know. So you can call the convenience store and just like ask them, hey, is the, <laughs> you know, is, is the pupusa lady here today? Um, and they'll tell you. Um, but again, uh, just one of my favorite spots. That's um, so great. Bar none. Yeah. I'm going to run through some last listener suggestions for all of our respective uh, lists. One listener writes, Tacos Tres Reyes in San Jose is awesome. They're open from 630 to midnight in the parking lot of a mechanic's garage on Monterey Road in San Jose. Dennis tweets, The Holly and Tolly Show is a pop-up style restaurant in a historic bar in the town of Bodega. They kick out some amazing eclectic dishes out of a tiny kitchen behind the bar. Molly writes in to say, My favorite surprise food spot is at the tourist favorite mystery spot near Santa Cruz. Their snack shack has Indian food snacks, including samosas and pakora, and really great chai. There are a bunch of vegetarian options, chili, rice bowls, nachos, and tamales. Seating is outside on a patio under the redwoods. I feel like the great thing about that example, too, is it's like sometimes something's unexpected because you just know a tourist trap is going to serve you something terrible, but somebody there is like, no. I'm going to make it great. I love that we have been talking about amazing food in unlikely places for our latest installment of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, our regular segment about Bay Area food cultures. Thanks so much for coming back, Luke. Thanks so much for having me. We've also been joined this hour by Alan Cesaro, food reporter with KQED and a poet and educator. Thanks, Alan. Muchísimas gracias, Alexis. Much love. Earlier, we were joined by Susana Guerrero, food reporter with SF Gate. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
all over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.